0: Welcome to the Stonebridge Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor David Eldridge. As Matt mentioned, today is uh, day 15 of our 21-day fast. It'll end next uh, Saturday. I hope you're managing and it's not just uh, kind of a slog at this point. You're continuing, hopefully, as you're adjusting the way you're eating. That's helping you. Remind you to seek the Lord a little bit more, hopefully creating a deeper level of hunger for Him. I had, I had a misstep today. So, who? Anybody over medium with their eggs? Any of y'all do that? Yeah. Only one? Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> I went to a Mexican restaurant. And I was like, I can do huevos, rancheros, eggs, meat, and beans. I didn't realize what was coming. I didn't know i ordered a side of salmonella. Uh, uh, oh, <laughs> you need a straw. And so, that, that will be maybe my last venture in that direction. So, and some of you, that's what you do all the time. I don't understand it. So, uh, hopefully, you've found some things that, that work for you. And again, we don't want to make it just about the food. Hopefully, you're, again, engaging the Lord on a deeper level. And Wednesday nights, we're grateful for all of you that are showing up. We'll have our last worship night um, this Wednesday from 7 to 8. And they've been really good, and hopefully we'll see y'all there. Okay, we've been talking about the daily activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Uh, He is water. He refreshes and renews and restores us. He gives us life. He's fire. He refines us. He purifies our hearts, makes our character more like the character of Jesus, and he strengthens our faith. He deepens our trust in the Father. Today we want to look at the Holy Spirit as oil. He anoints us. You see anointing more in the Old Testament than in the New. And in the Old Testament, we, what, we, what we see is, is, is this practice. There's, it's special oil. There's a recipe in Exodus 30, and this oil could only be used for anointing. Sometimes things, objects were anointed. The, the oil was dumped on them as a way of dedicating or consecrating or setting those things apart, usually for worship in the temple. But people were also anointed. And then this special oil was either dumped on their head or smeared on their forehead. And it was a physical sign of a spiritual reality that they were both being, again, consecrated or set apart for a particular work and then empowered to do that work. Priests were anointed. Prophets were anointed. Kings were anointed. There's some scriptures there behind me if you want to look into a little of that in the Old Testament. We're going to focus on the general idea of anointing. Uh, I'll give you just a little bit on spiritual gifts. We won't dive into this too much. Sometimes when we think about anointing, that's what we think of as spiritual gifts. And we're going to talk about, not going to talk about them a ton, not because they're not important, but because they're a bit too specific. So you can think of spiritual gifts as specific expressions of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So he wants to empower or enable us to do the works that the Father has Set aside for us to do and spiritual gifts are the tools that he gives us. There's four main passages There's one in Romans two in first Corinthians and one in Ephesians Three main categories of spiritual gifts who we are what we say and what we do We as a church focus mostly on the who you are part um, we call those APES, not just us, those are called APES gifts. A for apostle, P for prophet, E for evangelist, S for shepherd, which is also a pastor, and T for teacher. And the reason we focus on those, and those are the Ephesians 4 gifts, is because uh, we believe everybody who's a Christian is, is bent in one of those five directions. You're bent apostolically, or prophetically, or evangelistically, or pastorally, or as a teacher, and that bent is how you help the rest of us grow and mature. Whatever that particular bent is of yours, that's how you're going to help all of us equip all of us, help all of us grow and mature individually and collectively. There's a QR code behind me. You can click on that and that'll take you to uh, a bit more on those apest gifts. There's also a, a, another QR code that'll take you to a list of the spiritual gifts that are listed in Romans and 1 Corinthians. There's not great definitions for any of these things. They're just mentioned, but there's, it's it's my stab at definitions and descriptions, which you may find helpful. Again, the, the, who, the, the what you say and what you do, those gifts are important. Uh, they're all given by the Holy Spirit. He determines who gets what. It's not based on spiritual maturity, the... The Corinthians were a, a, a hyper-gifted church and they were incredibly immature, so those there's not a connection between those things. All of those gifts are given for the good of everyone else. It's not about me or you and my gift or your gift. It's about how these gifts help all of us or bless all of us, um, and I, I would say Many of these gifts are, are available. Again, they're tools that are almost, it's almost as needed. We can ask the Holy Spirit to give us the gifts for whatever situation he's put us in. And if, if all of that, if you're, that's a bit too much, reach out to Matt or Vanessa and they can help you walk through some of this stuff through your small group or or directly if you're not in a small group, particularly those who you are, APEST gifts. We would love for everybody to have a sense of that and we have some tools that we can Uh, we'd be happy to share with you that maybe could help you begin to process how exactly has God bent me in a good way and how does that impact my connection within the body. So that's spiritual gifts. We're going to focus again more generally on the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I want to read two stories and just pull out one thing from each. First is from 1 Samuel 16. So Saul is the current king of Israel, but God has rejected him because Saul's been disobedient. And Saul sends Samuel, who is the prophet of Israel, to Bethlehem, to a guy's house named Jesse, and he said, God has said to Samuel, I want you to anoint one of Jesse's sons as the king. He hadn't told him which son, he just said, go and anoint one of his sons, and he's going to be the king. So that's where we're going to pick up in verse 4 of 1 Samuel 16. So Samuel did what the Lord said, which was go to Bethlehem. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town trembled when they met him. And they asked, do you come in peace? And Samuel said, yes, in peace, I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourself and come to the sacrifice with me. Then Samuel consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When Jesse and his sons arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't consider his appearance or his height, for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel, but Samuel said, The Lord's not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So Samuel asked Jesse, Are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We'll not sit down until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. So what I want you to see there from First Samuel is uh, God desires to anoint his people for the work that he's called them to do. So God decided that David was going to be the king. David did not apply for that job. God decided, you're going to be the king. And then he sent Samuel to let David know and then to pour this oil on his head as an outward sign of what God was doing in David's heart and in his life, the sending of the Holy Spirit to empower David for this work as king. So the takeaway for us, God desires to anoint us, For the work that he's called us to do. So in a sense, I'm going to use these words. They're not the the best ones, but you can kind of follow me. So none of David's brothers could take his anointing. It was reserved or saved for David, if that makes sense. David was the one who was going to be the king. So the anointing to be king was for him and him alone. Nobody else could take that. It was, again, reserved for him. Second, this is from Luke chapter 4. So this is Jesus coming home to Nazareth, his hometown, and he's, uh, he's in the synagogue on Saturday, on the, the Sabbath day, their day for worship. So Jesus returned to Galilee and the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it's written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing." Second thing from this story I want us to keep in mind is we need to be anointed by the Holy Spirit to be fruitful in the work that God has called us to do. So that we're looking at the same reality from two different angles. From the angle of God, he wants to anoint us to do the work that he's called us to do. From our angle, we need to be anointed if we want to do the work that he wants us to do, at least to do it fruitfully. You can... You can disagree with, my, with me about anything, but you can certainly disagree with me about this. I, I would say my contention is all of the things that we see in Jesus's ministry, his teaching, his preaching, his healing, his delivering, his raising people from the dead. He did that not because he was God, but because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit to do that. That to me is what Luke 4 says. That. Jesus being anointed by the Holy Spirit was not some optional extra. He was called, he was sent by the Father to be the Messiah. And the Holy Spirit empowered him to do that work. So when we read these parables, those were, Jesus taught powerfully because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit to do so. When he preached sermons, he preached powerfully because he was anointed to do so. When he heals somebody, he heals them because he's anointed to do so, the work that he does he does in the power of the Holy Spirit to me that's what Ephi- that, excuse me Philippians two means what it talks about Jesus emptying himself. He emptied himself of some of those divine privileges he wasn't omnipotent when he was on earth, he got hungry, he got tired, he could be killed, he wasn't omniscient. there were things that he didn 't know, and he certainly wasn't omnipresent. He, he had a body, he could only be in one place at one time. he needed to be anointed, and if he did, how much more do we? need to be anointed. Our role is different. None of us are the Messiah, but we all have a part to play in what God is doing, and he desires to anoint us for that part, and we need to be anointed to be fruitful in that part, whatever that happens to be. So I want you keeping those things in mind, two quick takeaways based on that reality. God wants to anoint us, and we need to be anointed. I would say the first thing for us, we want to discern or discover what those good works are that God has for each of us to do. That's Ephesians 2.10. It's a core anchor of our church that God's created good works in advance for us to do. We call that doing your deal, which is corny, but you won't forget it. And, this is, and, and we don't want you to forget it. Every one of us has a part to play in what God is doing in our community. You may not be aware of that. If you've been here for a while, you've heard that language before. If you're newer, you may, have, you may not know that. God wants to use you to accomplish his purposes wherever it is that he's planted you. Jesus' first petition in the Lord's prayer is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That prayer is answered through the church, capital C, which is us. Every one of us has a part to play. These good works for a very small minority will look like working at a church or being what we would consider a traditional missionary where you, you know pack up and move overseas. For the overwhelming majority of the people in this room, those good works are going to fold into your life. You're going to have to make room for them, but they're going to fit kind of the life that you're living. People in this church, those good works for them look like supporting foster care and the DFAC system. It looks like having picnics that intentionally bring people together who wouldn't normally eat with one another, it looks like uh, walking with people who've had miscarriages, walking with them through grief. It looks like coaching youth sports. Those are the kinds of things that people who are sitting next to you do under the umbrella of these good works that God has created in advance for them to do. It's it's their way of participating in the extension of God's rule and reign. That's that's what God's kingdom is. His kingdom is His rule and His reign. And we all have a part to play in that. So we want to discover what those works are. Again, God decided David would be the king. That wasn't David's choice. And again, he didn't apply for that job. But then God went to go find him. He sent Samuel to let David know. Most of us, you're not going to have a prophet come and dump a bottle of oil on your head. That's not going to happen for us. But the Lord wants to reveal to us these good works that he's created in advance for us to do. Don't hear that as a burden. Don't hear that as overly restrictive. Don't hear that as pressure. It's an invitation. Again, if this is news to you, we would love to talk with you about that. You can reach out again through your small group or you can reach out to Matt and Vanessa. And we, we, we've got some tools that can help people discover this is what my in our language, this is what my deal is. This is. These are the good works. This is my role. This is the part that God wants me to play and what he's doing in my community. This, this is how he wants to use me to advance his rule and to advance his reign. It's important for us to know that. Why? Because that's a place where the Holy Spirit wants to anoint us. It's a place where we can bear fruit, which is ultimately what we want to do. You can imagine if Samuel, when he saw Eliab, if he thought, that's, and he did think it, that's the guy. He looks like it. He's tall, he's handsome, he's firstborn, that guy's going to be the king. And you know that check that sometimes you get in your heart, that's the Holy Spirit. That's super, super easy to ignore, right? And what if Samuel had done that? And he, and he went with what he saw with his eyes instead of what he was sensing in his heart. And he dumps oil on Eliab's head. At that point, all he's doing is making a mess because there's no spiritual reality behind it. But he still could have done that. It could have been the same sign. Again, no reality behind it because Eliab's not the one that God chose. And what if Eliab, with the best, of, best heart and the best of intentions, went on to be the king? That's a life of frustration. He's trying to live out somebody else's calling. The anointing of God would not have been on him for that role. Not because he's a bad guy, but because he, he's in the wrong seat. He's in the wrong spot. It, we want to know. And again, don't hear that as, oh gosh, if I step out. Don't, don't hear it that way. Again, don't hear this as restrictive, but as an invitation to say, let's, let's discover in this season of my life, what are the good works that God has called me to do? Many of you are in points of transition, asking the Lord in these places of transition, w- w- what's the new thing? How do you want to use me in this new season or stage of life? And he wants to let you know. And again, it's important. Because he wants to anoint you in that area. This is a tangent, but it's important. So preparation and anointing are both important for long-term fruitfulness. Preparation and anointing are not the same thing, but they're both important. David was anointed when he was maybe 15, 16 years old. He becomes the king when he's 30. So that 14 or 15 years, he is, he is growing into that calling, and if you read from 1 Samuel 17 through the end of 1 Samuel, I think it's, I think it's 28 chapters, it's not, it's not always pleasant. He does get called into Saul's court. He's favored there. He becomes best friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. So he learns. He gets some firsthand experience. This is what it looks like to kind of be in the castle. There's not a castle, but you get the picture. This is what it's like to, to be the king. But then Saul honestly turns crazy and wicked. And he tries to kill David multiple times. And so David spends maybe 10 years of his life on the run in the wilderness. And he's learning. He's learning how to submit to authority, even when that authority is wicked. He's learning how to trust God. He has several opportunities, two opportunities, to take revenge on Saul, and he doesn't. There's, There's some character formation. 400 guys also wind up coming to the wilderness to live, and they're kind of a ragtag group, those who are in debt and disturbed and distressed. It's not necessarily the guys that you want to learn to lead with, but they all rally around David and he learns how to lead an army and he learns how to lead a group of people. He learns some skills. There's some heart formation. You can read about this, again, the second half of 1 Samuel. You can see it in the Psalms as well. You can also see he's he's acquiring some skills. There's, There's a preparation piece And we need both. We need the preparation and we need the anointing if we want to be fruitful long-term. We're focused on the anointing this morning, but I don't want you to forget about that preparation piece. It's really important. Anointing without preparation usually leads to people crashing and burning pretty quick. They either don't have the character to sustain what God wants to do through them. That's usually what happens. And it just kind of splats all over the place. You can see it with Saul. And you can see it with... Samson. Guys, that just, they, their character wasn't ready for the way the Lord wanted to use them. So anyway, that was tangent, but it's important. So back to what we're talking about. We want to discern, discover, God, what are the good works that you have for me to do? And the second thing is we want to take advantage of the anointing that's available to us. And this is something we often don't do. That's not necessarily a prayer that many of us pray on a daily basis. Holy Spirit, would you anoint me for fill in the blank? What you're asking for is to be empowered to do whatever that thing is. We can't do God's work in our own strength. It just doesn't go well. We're not going to produce good fruit for very long. And you can think about this praying for, taking advantage of the anointing that's available to you in several different areas of your life. One is the stuff we were just talking about it's the good works, those things that are just for you, those good works that God has set aside for you. You want to ask Him, Holy Spirit, would you anoint? Me to do whatever that is, to meet with this woman who's just had a miscarriage, to coach this, these kids today. Whatever that is, those good works, you want to ask him. You also, we all want to be led by the Spirit. That's something we talked about in the fall when we were looking at Galatians. We want to be led by him, and we talked about those promptings. We said those are the, the thoughts that kind of come into our mind that are better than us. Reach out to so-and-so. Why don't you step into this opportunity? Those things, those promptings of the Holy Spirit that you will, you will experience as you follow him, as you're led by him, you, you want to ask and say, okay, I'll do that, and I want you to anoint me to do that. I want you to empower me to do that. And that, that is where those lists of spiritual gifts can become helpful. If you think of those gifts as tools... That can be given to you. If somebody comes to your mind. And you think okay I'm going to reach out to so and so. You may say okay Holy Spirit. I pray that you would anoint me with the gift of prophecy. That doesn't mean predicting the future. In the New Testament prophecy are words that strengthen, encourage and comfort. So if the Holy Spirit puts somebody on your heart. Or you have this thought hey I should reach out to Mary. Well Holy Spirit I pray that you would give me a word of encouragement for Mary. That's the gift of, of prophecy. There's a a gift in Romans called administration. And when we think of that, we think about like a a secretary or something. That's not it. The gift of administration is a gift of of wisdom and guidance. So, hey, I'm going to be talking to so-and-so and and they've got a a situation. They're trying to make a decision. Holy Spirit, I pray for a, a, a gift of administration here in this moment. That I could give some insight, some counsel that would be helpful for this person. The Holy Spirit may be calling you to to serve in some way. There are gifts, some are called acts of mercy. It's exactly what it sounds like. Taking care of people who are struggling. Holy Spirit, would you give me that gift to serve this particular person in this particular way? You can ask for those things as he's leading you and then you can think, this isn't a great word, I couldn't think of a better one. Your placement in life, where you live and work and play. If you believe, and I would say believe this, that God has put you there, you're not there by accident, believe in the sovereignty of God, you are where you are because he wants you there. So let's say in that place, Holy Spirit, would you anoint me? Some of you are executives in your company. Have you asked the Lord? Do you say, Holy Spirit, would you anoint me with a gift of leadership? That means steer the ship. That's what that word means, to preside over. That's your job. Why not ask him to anoint you to do it? Some of you are managers or directors. You have people who report to you. I think that's a great place to say, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would give me a gift of prophecy so I can speak life into these people. Or some of you who are bent as pastors, the people who are reporting to you, you have an opportunity to shepherd them, not just to hold them accountable to their job performance, not just to make sure they're on task, you have an opportunity to, to 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 really care for that team, and that's a spiritual gift. And you can ask for that, Holy Spirit. I'm in this role in my company, and I pray that you would give me a, you would anoint me as a shepherd to take care of these six or eight or ten folks that I'm supposed to be leading. Why? Why wouldn't you ask? Why would you choose to do that on your own? You're really smart, but why wouldn't you ask? for him to empower you to do that thing that he's given to you. If you're an English teacher, why not ask him? That's, would you anoint me as a teacher? There's things that can come through beyond just, I don't even know if people diagram sentences. Anymore. Whatever you do in English, there's stuff that, comes, that can come through. And all of those things, like wherever it is that you currently are in your life, why would we not ask him to empower us to do those things? Why would we choose to try to do that on our own? It, mostly, it's not that it's not, I don't think it's because we're prideful and arrogant. I think we just forget. Most of us don't think that most of what we do in our life has anything to do with eternity in the kingdom. And so we just kind of go day by day. Look at that list of spiritual gifts. See if any of those things would be helpful. You could ask. He can say No. The Holy Spirit distributes them. It's his decision, but you can ask. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's a command to us in 1 Corinthians 14. So ask for the, read that list. Those definitions are not, I mean, they're, they're just, it's the best I could do. But it may give you some sense of what those gifts are. And how would those, would any of those be helpful in your work? What about in your house? Would any of those be helpful within your marriage, or as you're raising your children. Would any of those be helpful in wherever it is you, whatever it is you do in our community? There's an anointing that's available to us. And again, you can think about it in those spheres. You can think about it for the good works. We absolutely want to be anointed for those good works that God has created in advance for us to do. We want to be anointed in those promptings of the Spirit just as we go about our day. And we also want to be prompted or, or anointed in the placement of our lives. The, the, the overall, the, the, the Monday to Fridayness of our life. And in all of those things, we want, we want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Is that good? All right. So um, I'm going to say a prayer. I'm going to let, we want to make sure we have time to do small groups. So we're just going to go ahead and, and wrap up this this, this morning. This is, if you're on ministry teams, you can come up. Here's a twofold invitation. One, some of you came in with a need, and we want to pray with you. And so please make your way forward. I know the, the, um, some of the rows are kind of tight, and maybe you feel a little sheepish about stepping over people. I promise you they're okay with it. You have a need, and you need prayer. Please let us pray with you about that. That whole idea of the kingdom of God coming, we want to see his rule and his reign in our hearts, in our homes, in our businesses, and in our community as it is in heaven. Prayer is a big part of asking him to do that. So you have a need, let us pray. You may be thinking, I, I didn't get any of it. Like you, you lost me at the beginning. I hadn't heard, I've never heard any of this stuff. I don't know anything about spiritual gifts. I don't know anything about good works. I don't know anything about anointing. Uh, we would love just to, to pray that, the, that God would begin to reveal to you your place in what he's doing. Nobody's going to tell you what to do. But we're going we're to pray just like God sent Samuel to Jesse's house. That he would speak to you in a way that you would understand. You're not less than. You're not immature. You're not left out. But if, if, if this is something new, we, we want to invite you in. And for some of you, if you were honest, you'd say, I've been doing a whole lot of stuff in my own strength. And we want, and maybe this is an opportunity for you to repent and say, Holy Spirit, anoint me. Maybe what you're asking him to anoint you to do doesn't feel super spiritual, but it's real in your life. It's, it's something with your work. And we want to pray that you would be anointed And that's a regular prayer, but we want to pray today that he would begin to do that. So, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you minister into each one of our hearts in the the ways that would be most helpful to us and most honoring to you. Amen. you for listening to the Stonebridge Church Sermon of the Week.